Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. As Solomon, remember, continues to investigate what we would call the value of wisdom. Okay, he's been doing an experiment for us. We've been kind of hanging out with Solomon, and, and he's showing us all kinds of things. And, and here's, here's the rub, if you will. A lot of people will say, well, the Bible's not relevant. It really doesn't speak to me. I don't understand some ancient book. But quite honestly, it's very, there, there's a lot of great application. A lot of great application in the book of Ecclesiastes. He's, he says it just, just straight up. And so I like to hang out with Solomon a little bit, and he's been, he's been investigating for us the value of wisdom. And what we discovered is that he comes face to face with something you and I deal with even today. You go, what's that? He comes face to face with the problem of evil and wickedness in the world. The problem of evil and wickedness in the world. You and I in 2023 are facing that same thing. Okay, we're, we have a little reprieve because we live in such a, such a wonderful little town like Lubbock. I mean, I mean, there's, you, you just sort of feel that like, ah, the, the, the conservativeness and the, and, and, and the Christianity a little bit. But, but around the world, in the bigger cities, guys, there is, there is evil and there's wickedness. And you can see that as it comes through. Now, this is a problem that no thinking person can honestly avoid. For when we look around and we see that there's a lot of evil in the world, so we can agree with Solomon, right? That's, this is a problem. Here's the problem. Solomon is going to show us, but, but listen, listen. This problem of evil and wickedness in the world, most of us would think that it comes from unbelief. Unbelief. You guys know what's going on in the world. You see the hate right now. You see the anti-Semitism. You know that, that we as a church are standing with Israel. You know, you know exactly what happened. I don't have to recap the events of, of October 7th. But I will tell you this. What has transpired since then is wicked and evil and demonic. Nobody's thinking... Of the 1,400 people in Israel, the, the, the Israelis, the Jewish people who lost their lives on that day, and all the hostages that are still there, and, and the atrocities that we've seen. But we would think it would come from unbelief. In other words, it might be, well, I don't believe that there's a God, that's why there's evil in the world. Well, I want you to think about this. It's not about unbelief that has created the problem. Okay, ready? But faith. Wait, what? Faith is the thing that created the problem. How so? Listen, it's faith that creates this problem. Okay, okay, I know you're thinking, this is great. Let me unpack it, let me unpack it. If we were to say there is no God, there's no God, then what we're saying is that we have nobody to blame but ourselves for what happens in the world. Now, we don't like that. We don't want to blame ourselves. No, there has to be something. See, it's not unbelief, but faith. So if we believe in a good and loving God, we must face the difficult question of asking the question of why 
is there so much suffering in the world? Why is there so much evil? Why is there, why is there even war going on right now? We must ask ourselves this very question. Does God know about it? And yet, does God even care? Or does he know and cares? And here's where people go. Does he lack the power to do something about it? We all have those same questions in our heart. If we're being honest, we all ask those same things. Well, God, listen. There are 1,400 in this war and blah, 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 blah. You could do something. And yes, God is very powerful to do something. But again, we need to just understand what, what, what this is all about. Now listen, there are people who ponder this question. And when they ponder this question, they usually end up in one of two groups. Well, if you're taking note, group number one, group number one will say this. If there is a loving God... Why is there suffering in the world? Why is there suffering in the world? Some people ponder this question, and what happens is they end up becoming either agnostics or atheists. I take you back in your mind to a fellow by the name of Ted Templeton. Ted Templeton was, was to be said, even a better evangelist than Billy Graham. When he spoke from the pulpit, more people came to see Ted than they saw Billy. Ted Templeton was walking one day and he was watching the news and he saw the atrocities in the world. He saw the evil, he saw the herd, he saw all of this. And in that moment, he looked and he said this very same question. If God is loving and I'm preaching a loving God, he says, then why is there suffering in the world? And you and I too can look at the news today and ask that same question. Lord, God is love, right? God loves you. Now, what Ted did in questioning this problem was to create a whole new problem. You see, when Ted began to question, the one thing he did is he backed away from preaching and ended up very miserable life. He just questioned. You see, he was a good friend of Billy Graham, pulled Billy Graham aside, said, listen, how can you believe in a loving God if you see this, 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 and this? Billy Graham got away with the Lord, and he said, listen, it's by faith. I just need to trust the Lord. I need to walk by faith. I don't understand everything that's going on in the world, and so too you and I. We don't understand everything that's going on in the world today. We don't understand what's happening with the Hamas and the Hezbollah and Iran and Turkey and Russia and all of that. We we get limited amount of information. If you question, like Ted, that a good and loving God exists and allows suffering in the world so much that you're an agnostic or an atheist, what happens is you've created a whole new problem. You go, what do you mean? Well, think about it. Because now we have to ask ourselves, where does all the good come from in the world? Where does all the good come from? If there's no God... And that's where the evil and the suffering, well, then where does the good come from? It's difficult to believe that matter alone produced the beautiful and enjoyable things that, we've, that we all have in our world. Matter just happened? You go, oh, okay, 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 okay. 
So what happens is that people start to, they, they, they kind of camp out here. They kind of say, and, and, and you'll talk to them and they go, well, I'm an agnostic or I'm an atheist. And you go, why? Well, here's what I've seen. If there's a loving God out there, then why is there suffering? And why is this going on in Iran? And why is this happening? And, and there's a whole slew of that. And so a lot of people camp right here. But there's another group and it's group two. And this group would solve the problem by, den- by denying evil or saying, okay, listen, it's only an illusion and we shouldn't worry about it. We shouldn't worry about it. You've heard me quote the young lady who on Facebook, when the pastor asked, why aren't, is your pastor talking about Israel or not? She said, it's not our war. It's not our problem. We, we have nothing to do with it. That, that was her quote. And I was thinking, it's like, listen, that's not us. It's, and, and here's what, why should we worry about it? Or they might say, okay, but God's in the process of evolving and he can't do much about the tragedies in life. And they assure us that God will get stronger and things will improve as the process goes on. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being in group two going, oh, okay, God is strong, but he's not that strong yet. He's going to get stronger. He will, he will take care of this in the future. Now, my problem with that, really simple, is the news. You go, what do you mean? Well, things aren't getting any better. Things aren't getting better. Do you guys remember, in in just a few short years, we were sitting here in 2020 wondering if the world was going to end. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. And we're sitting here going, man, 2020 was the longest year. I mean, it was like, okay, so this weekend, don't forget, we changed the clocks, okay? Okay, we fall back. You need to change your clocks. Now, if you've got electronics, they do it themselves. But if, if, if you're old school, change the clock back. Um, and many people in 2020 said, why do I want an extra hour of 2020? It was so rough. But you've got to remember, we've sort of come out of this a little bit, but it's still been, well, it's still one thing after another, after another. You see, back in 2020, 2021, I taught Revelation. I taught a series called, Are We Living in the Last Days? And we looked deep into the scripture and realized, no, things aren't going to get better. And so when people do this, they end up in one of these two groups. Well, I'm not going to believe because, because you told me God is love. And, or they come here going, oh no, God is, he's going to take care of it when he gets a little bit stronger. So those are the two groups. But where does, where does Solomon end up? Where does Solomon end up? Well, tonight we discover that our boy Solomon didn't deny the existence of God. Nor did he deny the reality of evil. Nor did he limit the power of God. Solomon, guys, in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 8, he looked face to face with evil in the world and solved it by affirming these factors and he sees them through, you ready? The proper perspective. The proper perspective. Now, I want you to apply that in your life. You and I, the same way, can stop and go, oh, okay, see, where, where am I going to land up? Um, okay, I, do, I don't really deny God. I know there's a God out there. Okay, so we're, but I see the evil in the world, and we have to come back, and we have to put him, and we have to affirm these factors Guys, and we have to see them through the proper perspective. 
Now, before we tackle chapter 8, we must make a mental note and not forget that one major source of evil in this world is fallen men and his many devices for both good and evil. I mean, notice with me, go back to last uh, chapter. Notice with me, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 29 says, Truly, this is what I've found, that God made, God made men upright, but they have sought out many schemes. Do you remember when we talked about that? God created people to be virtuous, but they have turned to follow their own downward path. It was today's Bible reading. I don't know if you caught it. I usually post it on Facebook, but today's Bible reading was talking about um, a hardness of the heart, a hardening. And I was praying, Lord, my heart is always ready to harden. My heart is always ready to to do what I want to do. And I have to make those steps because it's exactly what Solomon writes. He says, you and I, guys, he, he made us, but it seems that we've all turned to follow our own downward path. This is the path of righteousness. And we go, ah, yeah, oh. Uh, I think I'll go this way. It's going to be more fun over here. I think we're going to have, you know, and, and this is what our heart does. It was that old, old hymn. He said, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart. You guys remember that hymn? It's like, that's, and if you're being honest, we struggle with that. And so man, what did man do? It created these problems and then blames God for them. Well, if God... And, 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 and think about this. Think about this quote. During the darkest days of World War II, somebody asked, why doesn't God stop the war? It doesn't even have to be World War II. That question was posed to me today. Well, I, why doesn't God stop this war? Well, a wise man answered, because he didn't start it in the first place. We start these things through evil, through our flesh, through following a different path, and then we blame God. Oh, come on, somebody, you've got to get that. Because when you think about that, that's the same thing that happens in our fleshly life. We go down the wrong path, we make the wrong choice, we want what we want, and then we turn around and go, well, if God was, he should have. And it's like, no, 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 we, 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 we see that. Solomon would have agreed with that answer. He would have said, yes, absolutely, absolutely. What do we do? We blame, we blame, we blame. Okay. So let's jump in. If you haven't been with us, we're going through a series. We're going through this series verse by verse through Ecclesiastes. And three weeks ago, we learned a little bit about Solomon and why he wrote statements like this. Think about Solomon. Now, again, I want you to... Solomon is just... I can't wait to get to heaven and talk to him just a little bit. Because when I see him here, he's writing statements like, you know, what's more bitter than death... He goes, a woman. This is what Solomon says. Don't look at me. This is what he says. This is what he says. He writes things like this. I have searched repeatedly, but I still haven't found what I was looking for. One out of a thousand men I can connect with and do life with. 
who is really a true BFF. He says, but a woman, not one. This is what Solomon writes. And this is probably why you wouldn't have Solomon over for dinner. (laughs) You'd end up getting in a fight with your wife. Hey, I don't know, he said it. Well, you didn't have to agree with him. I know, but this is Solomon, right? And and he's the king. But anyway, anyway, I regress. Let's go back. So, so as we continue, guys, in our verse-by-verse study of Ecclesiastes, now, remember, Solomon is going to explore the problem of evil in the world by examining, okay, ready? Get your pens out. Three key areas of life. These are three key areas he's going to look at this. And if you're taking note, he's going to look at, number one, authority. Authority, that's the first thing he's going to look at. We're going to see that in the first nine verses, authority. The second one we're going to see is injustices, injustices, okay? And then we're going to see the third problem, which is, or the third key area, which is mystery, mysteries. So you have authority, you have injustices, and you have mysteries. Let's look at the first one, guys. Let's look at authority, okay? This is... This is, we're going to, again, tonight, explore the problem of evil in the world by examining, okay, key area number one, authority. Let's look at verse one of chapter eight. Verse one of chapter eight, Solomon writes, who is like a wise man? There's a question. And who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine and the sternness of his face is Chained. Okay, okay, let me have your attention. What Solomon just described is very interesting. He sort of described this officer in a royal court, a man who had to carry out orders of a despotic ruler. The officer had wisdom. In fact, it showed on his face. So the question to you and I, how do we walk in a fallen world. It starts out like this. The light of Christ shines in the hearts of men. We're transformed. We're changed. So we then become believers in Christ. So what now? So what now? Well, back to the story. The royal officer, like us, has four different paths he could take. Okay, so there he is. Now, now again, let's read it so you get the whole. Who, who is who's like a wise man? Solomon says, and who knows the interpretation of things? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the sternness of his face has changed. Okay, so where do we get this wisdom? I have four choices. What path do I take? How do I walk in a fallen world? Well, the choice number one, you can drop this down. It's disobedience. Disobedience. You can disobey. Let that sink in. Well, where is it in Scripture? Look at verse 2. I say, keep the king's command for the sake of your oath to God. Do not be hasty and go from his presence. Do not take your stand for an evil thing. For he does whatever pleases him. Where the word of the king is, there's power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? I like the way the New Living Translation says it. Obey the king since you vowed to God that you would. So here's Solomon's admonition. Okay, It was obey the king. Obey the king. You said you were going to obey. Obey the king. Why? 
To begin with, an officer must be true to his oath of allegiance to the king and to God. You go, what does that mean? Well, in a fallen world, here's what he's saying. You and I, as fully devoted followers of God, we've also made an oath and allegiance to our king, to God. We've made that oath. You go, when did I make an oath? The moment you stood in front of someone or prayed that prayer and you said, God, I believe, come into my heart, I'm going to follow you, and and you became born again, a born-again believer. Paul explains the principle that I'm teaching you right now in Romans chapter 13 in verse 1. What does he mean? Remember, this is one that has been huge controversy in, in the last four years. Because the Bible says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed to God. When 2020 hit and everybody was saying, okay, you need to close the church, you need to do this, you need to do that, a lot of us pastors had never have never walked this path, and so we were calling each other going, well, I don't know what to do, what do we do, what do we do? This could be crazy. And I'm watching the news, and I'm seeing all this stuff, and people that I know are getting sick, and it's like, okay, so so we came under Romans 13, said, okay, we're going to obey our governing authorities. We're going to do this. And so instead of being disobedient and going, no, but now, fast forward, we realize, okay, okay, they weren't all on the up and up. It wasn't what they had told us. Now, we will always obey our governing authorities. Can I get an amen? Unless they go against our God. Okay? Listen, when the speed limit says 55, you go 55. I know, it feels like you're slow, but that's who God created us to be. We have to go. Listen, you obey, you pay your taxes, you do what you need to do. But when the government steps in, or should I say oversteps its boundaries, guess what happens? Then we go, no, we must obey God first. You ready? And we must allow the consequences to come, whatever they might be. Whatever they might be. At the end of the day, what do you want to hear? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your rest. That's all we want to hear. You know, and, 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 so, and so again, think about that. So what path do I take? It could be disobedience. Or the path I could take is desertion, right? Look at verse 3. He says, do not be hasty to go from his presence. In other words, don't desert his presence in disgust and quit. Can you imagine? All right, you're the soldier in the army. You got to do, nope, I quit, I'm out. See, every action has a reaction, and this action may not be safe since if you were to quit the king, he might be offended and he might kill you. So you go, okay, okay. So what do we do as Christians? As Christians, we are not to obey our rulers who go against God. Amen? You go, well, what does that mean? Well, I read a story about a fellow who had a really good paying job. He was a born-again Christian who was a press operator, but quit when his employers decided to start printing pornographic magazines. He lost some income, but he kept his integrity. Now let me remind you that wisdom plays a huge part. Seeking God 
in asking Him for direction. But you and I, we don't just want to quit on life. We don't just want to desert what God has called us to do. We don't want to just tap out. Can I just encourage you, every one of you who's a born-again believer in God, every one of you, listen to me, right now, He's using you. He's got a plan for you. And strategically, God is placing you in specific areas so that you can be a light. And so don't quit. Don't quit. Well, what other path do I have? Well, we can go to the third choice, which is defiance. Look at, look at three again. He says, do not take your stand for an evil thing, for he does whatever pleases him. Here's what he's saying. Be careful who you submit to, because once you've submitted to it, you're part of it. And I, it might be out of your control. And if you're not careful, you could get wooed away from what is right, and now outright be a part of something that God calls, God calls evil. Be careful who you submit to. Be careful who you give power to. Be careful who you give influence to, because in the end you might find yourself part of what God calls evil, wicked, and displeases Him. Okay, so the choice is we don't want defiance. We're not going, no, 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 no. Listen, when it comes to a matter of conscience and the law, devoted believers have pretty much agreed with Peter. In Acts chapter 5, verse 29, it says, And Peter and other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men rather than men. So, it's important. I I draw your attention to what Jesus told us in prophetic way in Matthew chapter 24, when the disciples came to him and said, Lord, what's it going to look like in the end? And I'm paraphrasing. What's it going to look like? What are are the end days going to be? What's it going to look like? And the very first thing Jesus said was, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Now, a lot of us kind of glean over that because we want to get to the earthquakes and the wars and the rumors of wars. And I want you to think about this. Later on, he says, where nation will rise against nation. Do you remember that in Matthew 24? Nation will rise against... We see that going on right now. Ethnic group versus ethnic group. In our world today, in our world today, and in the United States, Jewish people who have nothing to do with this war do not feel safe. People are surrounding them in the chanting, free Palestine, and so forth and so forth. That is what exactly Jesus said, when nation will rise against nation. There is so much more to church that you need to be aware of in the coming weeks and months in our own country that you need to be, you need to have, you need to be wise about. You need to be wise about. Yes, God can take care of us. Yes, God will sustain us. But he also gives us wisdom to see what's coming around and, and, and take care of things. Take care of things. Yes, we don't want, we don't want what? We don't want uh, the third choice. We don't want defiance. Why? Well, because it's important. Because I want you to look at what's next. He's going to say, be cautious of who you hit yourself, hit yourself up with be cautious of who you link up with and submit and, and, and give influence to. Why? Because you might find yourself being all that you never wanted to be. 
And this brings us to our fourth choice. Look at verse 5. Discernment. Discernment. He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. A wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment, because for every matter there's a time and a judgment, though the misery of a man increases greatly. Okay, what did he just say? This is our fourth choice. This is discernment. The scriptures are going to say to you and I that we need to know who you are, and you need to know what Christ has asked of you before you even get started. You go, why? Why is that important? So by knowing in the beginning what Christ has asked of you, the path of right and wrong, and what you'll be involved in, you won't, you won't be involved in it. See, you'll have that true discernment. Discernment. Let me, let me give you some biblical examples of what I'm talking about. First one I could come up with, Joseph. Joseph in Genesis chapter, uh, Genesis 43 to 45. How did you know? Well, he showed great discernment when his brothers came to Egypt. What do you mean? Well, if you recall, he didn't reveal himself to them until they knew, until he knew their heart. He knew them, and he, and he stepped back. Joseph had great discernment. Another one was Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 1 and 2. Nehemiah was burdened for the walls in Jerusalem, but was not sure the king would release him for that task. What did he do? He waited, he watched, and he prayed. He was exercising great discernment. Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1, he showed great discernment when it came to the king's food. He didn't make a big scene, but he exercised gentleness and wisdom. But I also think, too, I also think going back to knowing who you are before this even starts, knowing what God has called you, is so important. I draw your attention to Saul on the road to Damascus. Do you remember him? The light shines so bright on him. You guys know the story. But then the Lord takes him and he tells him all the things that he's going to experience and all the things he's going to suffer. Can you imagine if that's how we did invitations to come to Christ? Hey, guess what? You all are sinners. Who wants to be saved? I do. Okay, well, here's the thing. Listen, it's more than you praying a prayer. God's going to reveal to you what's going to happen throughout your whole life. All the sorrows, all the suffering, all the attacks, everything else. Are you in? No. I'm out. But it's important we know. It's important we know. So as we grow, you go, okay. Okay. I was, I was visiting with Caleb yesterday, and I was beginning to tell him this exact same thing. Not so Caleb could go, oh my goodness, no, no, no. What do you mean attacks? What do you mean all these spiritual things? I said, just so that you know and you're not surprised by them, even though some will still hurt, and some will um, some will still hurt. Some will still hurt. When it comes to the four paths we could take, whether disobeying, running away, defying orders, or even fighting back. Before we act, we must first exercise wisdom 
and seek to discern the right time and the right procedure. Think about that. Think about that. And it goes on. This is the reason why you and I need to seek wisdom. He says, verse 7, For he does not know what will happen. So who can tell him when it will occur? No one has the power over the Spirit to retain the Spirit, and no one has the power on the day of death. There is no release from that war, and wickedness will not deliver those who are given to it. Here's what Solomon just said, and here's what I love about Solomon. He's always going to take us right back down to the grittiest level possible. You go, what do you mean? Here's what he's saying. Even if you're careful who you submit to, even if you're careful and you know exactly who God commands you to be, sometimes it still might end up bad for you. Right? We go, Pastor, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, guys, think about this. I want you to think about this because the Bible is so nitty-gritty down to earth that it doesn't sugarcoat anything. What do you mean? Well, think of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, man, was, was Jesus calls him one of the greatest prophets that ever lived. John the Baptist. You go, okay. Well, what happened? Well, it didn't turn out good for him at all. He was preaching, he was teaching, he was baptizing. Man, and, and what happened? He ended up beheaded because he took a stand for righteousness. That's really hard. I mean, think about this. Guys, that's really hard to take. I mean, you're just like, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? John the Baptist looked at Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away this. He, he submitted to the Lord. He, he knew who he was. He knew who God commanded him to be. You guys knew that from the beginning of when, before he was even born. Here's John. Here's little John making, making somersaults in his mom's belly. Oh, it's the Messiah. His spirit. And you and I would think if anyone should end up with the prize on earth, it would be John the Baptist. I mean, he's doing the Lord's work. He's doing the Lord's work. And it didn't turn out good for him. While he was in prison, he's still crying out. He goes, hey, hey, listen, go see if, if Jesus is the one, man. Go see if he's... And he speaks the prophecies. And he's hoping. I bet he was hoping that somehow he'd be released. Why? Why is that important? Guys, because again, sometimes when we make that stand in an evil world, we still get the raw end of the deal. I'm so grateful that, that Solomon does this. Why? Because it's the exact opposite of what most people hear in church, isn't it? He's like, listen, you need to do what you know is right. You need to submit and be obedient to Christ. Be careful who you hitch your wagon to, but in the end, he says, it's still a lot like war. That's God warning us as believers. As believers. 
And so that needs to go in deep. We talked about this on Sunday, if you recall. Sunday we talked about about having the right thinking. There's joy in a godly thought life. We, we, we talked about what we think about on a daily basis. And we, we just... have to be careful. Because the one thing we said is we didn't preach the power of positive thinking and delivering messages that are just so motivational, but we forget the foundation of the Word of God. And Solomon just said to you and I, okay, do what's right. Be obedient. Be careful who you, and even if you hit you to the right, you could still end up, it could still end up bad for you. And this gives us a clue to go, okay, Lord, you ready? We trust you. We trust you. We trust you. It goes on in verse 8-9. It says, All this I've seen and applied my heart to every work that is done under the sun. There is time in which a man rules over another to his own hurt. To his own hurt. But I want you to go back just a little bit. Think about verse 8 for a second. No one has the power over the spirit to retain the spirit, and no one has the power in the day of death. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? No matter what we do, When that day comes, we need to be ready. We need to be ready. That brings us to the second area of our life. We we saw authority, okay? We we come under authority. What about injustices? Well, injustices are found from verses 10 to 14. Let's take a look. Verse 10. Solomon writes, Then I saw the wicked buried, who had come and gone from the place of holiness, And they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. He said, this is also vanity. Now, again, let's jump into this. Notice what Solomon reported on the funeral that he attended. He basically comes to your funeral. He, the deceased man who had had attended church and received much praise from the people, but he had not lived a godly life, yet according to Solomon... He was given a magnificent funeral, an eloquent eulogy. While really, godly people in the city were ignored and forgotten. What do you mean? Well, again, the word forgotten here means, it's, it means praised in Hebrew. And so he goes, man, I, then I saw the wicked buried, who had come and gone from the place of holiness, and they were forgotten in the city. And so Solomon goes to this funeral and he reflected on the matter and quickly realized that the deceased man had continued in sin because he thought he was getting away with it. Now, look at verse 11. Because the sentence against the evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the hearts of the Son of Man is fully set in them to do evil. What did Solomon just say? Look at me for just a second. Here he said, when a crime is not punished quickly, people feel that it's safe to do wrong. It's safe to do wrong. And the problem is, church, many people are living like this today. Many people are living like this today. What do you mean? 
they're sinning, they're living in sin, and because God does not punish them, they feel like it's okay, that they can get away with it, that they can do whatever they want to do. And what happens is they're claiming Christianity, but they're living like there is no God. They're living no God. And that seems, again, here's what he says, because the sentence against an evil work is not executed expediently. Why? Because that's the grace and mercy of God. When you and I blow it, we blow it, and we, oh, please. And God shows his grace and his mercy because the Bible tells us it's your kindness that leads us to repentance, O Lord. And so, and so when we do something and we make that choice and we decide to sin, and God lovingly opens his arm and brings us back, sometimes if you're being honest, you'd rather take the swat and move on. I, I know I'm going to sin. God spanked me. Let's go. And when he opens his arm, he says, but I love you. That crushes you. You're like, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. What we need to grasp tonight, guys, is, is God doesn't always judge sin immediately. It's his mercy and grace that leads us to true repentance. However, we must never use his mercy as an excuse to rebel. Look at verse 12 with me, guys. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times, and his days are prolonged, yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him. But it will not be well with the wicked, nor will the prolong his days, which are, are, which are a shadow because he does not fear before God. Listen, the wicked man, you ready? Will eventually be judged. The wicked man will eventually be judged. You've got to take that home with you tonight. Because in the world where we see atrocities and we see evilness and we see wickedness and we see war and we see death and we see pain and we look at these people and we know they're evil and they're wicked, we need to know that eventually, eventually God's going to judge them and the righteous will be rewarded. Rewarded. What's he saying? Stay steady on that path. Stay firm on that path. I know, I know, we see all of these things. I've told you a thousand times, and I'll tell you a thousand times uh, again. Be careful what you allow in your eye gate. Be careful allow what you in your ear gate, because then it penetrates to the heart, and we have to be so careful. We have to be careful. Stay steady in that path. Make your foundation sure. It has to be solid in Christ. Guys, don't waver to the right or to the left. Don't waver to the right or to the left. It's better, it's better, you ready? To fear the Lord and to live a godly life. It's better. And Solomon, Solomon here sums up his thoughts in verse 14. Notice what he says. There is vanity, we know what that is, emptiness, which occurs on earth. What is it, Solomon? That there are just men to whom it happens according to the work of the wicked. 
Again, there are wicked men to whom it happens according to the work of the righteous. I said that this is also vanity. Listen to it like this. Righteous men who get what the wicked deserve and wicked men who get what the righteous deserve. This is vanity times two. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. You go, well, that's injustice. Exactly. This is part of the key area. It's injustice. So how should we respond to these injustices in the world? You ready? Number one, trust the Lord and understand that there will be injustices until Jesus comes back to rule and to reign. There's going to be part of that. I don't know how long we have left on this earth. I don't know how long before the Lord Jesus comes to get us, but until then, you are going to see injustices. You go, what should I do? You ready? Trust the Lord, put your hope in Him. I know you don't always see it, but here's what God does. God doesn't show us the full parade. He only shows us what's going to happen next. He sees the full parade. He sees the beginning to the end. He has it all worked out. You and I are here tonight because we simply need to rest in the wonderful, compassionate love of God for us. That's why we're here. Oh, yeah. Did you see what's on the news? Yeah. But my faith and trust is in God. Did you see what happened at work? Yeah. My boss, man, he just wiggled his way up to another promotion. I trust God. I trust God. My, whatever it might be, we have to be so careful. Trust the Lord and understand, understand there will always be injustices until Jesus comes back. Which brings us to our third and final area of our life. Mystery. Mystery. Look at verse 15 through 17. So in light of all we learned, what Solomon is going to do is recommend this. Verse 15. He says, So I commended, what? Enjoyment. Because a man has nothing better under the sun than to eat, drink, and be merry. For this will remain with him in his labor all the days of his life, which God gives him under the sun. So let's stop there before we close. Think about what he says. He goes, listen, I I don't understand it all, but let me apply wisdom. I'm trusting the Lord. And if you trust the Lord, here's what I'm saying. Enjoy life. Enjoy life. He says, you have nothing better under the sun than to eat, drink, and be merry. Now, what he's not telling us, church, is to go crazy and go, well, God is God, he's going to do whatever, and we just go nuts. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, look at your life, look at your relationships, and he's saying, enjoy what you have now. Don't take anything for granted. Eat, drink, be merry, be happy. He says, I mean, think about it. For this will remain with him in his labor all the days of her life, which God gives him. All the days that you have to live, enjoy. Do those things you enjoy. Do those things you enjoy. Okay, we're going to close with verse 16 and 17. He says, When I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on earth, even though one sees no sleep day or night, then I saw all the work that God and that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. For though a man labors to discover it, yet he will not find it. Moreover, 
Though a wise man attempt to know it, he will not be able to find it. In other words, Solomon writes to you and I, in my search for wisdom, remember, he's on a, he's on a mission. He says, here's what I observed. I observed all of the people's burdens here on earth. I discovered, check this out, that there is careless activities day and night. Okay, Solomon, what's up? He says, I realize that no one can discover everything God is doing under the sun. Not even the wisest people could discover everything, no matter what they claim. This is what he's telling us as we close. You go, so what's the conclusion? What should we do? How do we live in a fallen world? Well, he sums it up in these last five verses. Submit to the truths of God and the gospel of Jesus. Be obedient to his commands. And when you've done all that, he asks, eat, drink, laugh, because the rest is in his hands. That's what he's telling us. Amen. Father, thank you tonight for your word and the truth, God, in in the 17 verses, God, as we look in here. We thank you so much for all that you're doing. Lord, we love you so much. We pray, God, that you would continue to speak to us, Lord. The question we talked about this at the beginning of tonight's Bible study was real simple. What about the wicked? God, you've got it all handled. You've got it all under control. And Father, I look forward to the day that one day, when there won't be any more wicked, any more injustices, but Lord, that you would rule and reign. And so Lord, we thank you and we love you. And so God, tonight, we just give you our hearts, we give you our minds. Lord, we just want to worship you tonight. And Father, we take some time to worship you in prayer, to worship you in song, to worship you in fellowship. We've, Lord, we've stopped early enough so that people can fellowship for just a little bit. Enjoy some cake. That's what Solomon said. Enjoy some cake. Have a blast. So we love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.